This Psychic Spectrum Radio Show podcast is brought to you by the producers of SP3 CBD oils, designed to assist you with your health issues ranging from pain, carcinoma, fibromyalgia, diabetes, neuropathy, and so much more. Find out more information at 253-297-7074 or on their website, sp3cbd.info. Hello once again and welcome to the Psychic Spectrum Radio. I am Skip. And I'm Sharon, the princess of chocolate, sprinkles, and everything fluffy. Yes, and today with all of our good things going on in the world, we want you to know that we're here to bring good messages and make people feel good because there is happiness out there and we're here to help you find it. I find joy every day I look in the mirror and see I'm standing up and I'm not dead. That's right. That's right. That's joy right there. And we have a good show for you today. We have a <laughs> guest on here today with screen we're going to talk with. His name is Matt Shea. And Matt Shea is a local author to the Seattle Tacoma area. And he has written nine books that I I think it's twelve, can... isn't it? Well, yeah. Well, it's twelve Kindle and number nine is on the way. But oh, the wow. problem is I'm always working on twenty or thirty of them. Yeah, but eight paperbacks as we speak and 12 Kindle. Yes. So Matt is with us today and we're going to bring him live in here for a discussion after we do some introductions. I I would like to ask though, because I I don't know whether it was the full moon. I've heard other things that happened that supposedly at midnight on Saturday or Sunday night, we we crossed a threshold into another. I'm not sure what the heck it is, but I had. I was emotionally drained. Well, you know, as our friend Doug Johnston, our astrologer uh, for the psychic spectrum, yeah. has said, there are many planets that were lined up this uh, this uh, uh, time period, and we are going through some changes with things because of those planets going merc or Mercury going direct and retrograde and squaring and well, training and whatever all that good astrology is. I heard. I I mean, I read. I mm-hmm. read where, like, everything we held inside that was abuse and hurt and all that stuff, we were letting it go. Mm-hmm. And I, I really felt like I was grieving this weekend, like I had lost someone or something. Yeah. I was terrible. Well, that just proves that. I scared uh, myself. That just proves that uh, what Doug said is true. Well, anyway, about 4.30 yesterday, it kind of eased up, and I felt more like myself again. And so I'm glad I got through it. I don't know what it was. Well, that's good. So you have some shout outs you I want do. to say first. So what are those? Well, I was wondering if anybody else had those kind of issues this weekend. Uh, well, that's why I brought it up. Okay, but anyway, let's do this before you get started. Let's give our phone numbers okay. out. Call us. Let us know how things are going. And uh, if you're feeling things different and um, if the number is 425-373-5527 or toll free at 888 from anywhere in the world. We'd love to uh, hear from you and you can talk with Matt, ask him some questions about his books, his style of writing, and uh, some of the things that we're going to talk about today, which uh, border on the metaphysical slash paranormal. Yeah, yeah. So once again, 425-373-5527, call in and get in line because uh, this is going to be a fun, exciting, uh, informative little chapter today. And one day we're going to get a call from Japan. From Japan. She's still waiting for that call from (laughs) Japan. So we've had them from all over the country and Canada too. So Yeah. Okay. So I'd like to say hello to Mary and Didi and Colleen and Anna, Jennifer in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and Pam on the East Coast and Carol on the East Coast and Georgie and Charles in Texas, who makes the best cinnamon rolls in the whole world and Valerie and Lori and Sharon and Mike and the eight J's. And I thought I would throw in like I thought I'd start doing a, on Tuesdays, you know, what your personal year is. Yeah. So today is 10 6 2020. So anybody has a birthday in October uh -huh. or especially October 6th, this is what this whole next year is going to be about because it comes up uh to an 11 to an 11 now when you say for the next year you're talking about <laughs> from this day to this day next year not well there, there's a controversy on that some astrologers or numerologists say from january to january some say from birthday to birthday yes so it's whatever works for you yes okay so the so this is this is a year you're going to need to balance family and your life mm-hmm putting both in equal thingamajiggies, okay? Mm -hmm. And you need to get your work life, your work life in balance because uh, it might even include another job, but you need to find balance in your work life. You need to pay attention to your family duties and responsibilities mm -hmm. um, because you, it's time to nurture and, and, you know, take care of. And you also need to find balance with others uh, and also balance your own life better than maybe what it has been it's time for generosity and sympathy and if you don't take time to give to your family and nurture your needs as well it will be another nine years before you can get back to it nine years nine Ooh. years that's a, that's a long cycle a, to and try also and... an 11 is also a spiritual messenger so when you have a life path of a spiritual messenger mm -hmm. it's like you're you can manifest really well, so you got to watch what you think. Mm -hmm. But you're also out there to help enlighten the world. So that's a big, big job for a, a master number. Well, and we've spent the last 40 years of our 46-year <clears throat> marriage doing that, so enlightening the world. It's so. not 46 yet. Well, November 30th will be 46. Let's not make me older than I am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not that far off. <laughs> but like I said, um, we are here to try and help uh, through help you through your little uh, obstacles in life. I little guess we could obstacles? say. Well, yeah, they're all little because they're all over able to be overcome. Most of and them. We can work through them. You can pick different outcomes well, for you your do life. No, if you can't overcome them, though, you can learn to live with them and still be happy. Yes. Yes. That's, that's balance. Yes, that's true. Yes, that is true. And I want to yes. remind people: our website is psychicspectrum.com go there we have we do over 16 events every month online almost every one of them is free except for two and um you will you're it's free and it's online you can sit at home in your underwear if you want to and take part in them and uh yeah just keep the camera off just keep the camera off in that <laughs> case yeah so anyhow, here we're having a good time today. Again, we have Matt Shea in uh, on the on the line with us. We're not in studio, any of us. We're all doing this remotely. So sit back, get your cup of coffee, sit back, get a cookie, and uh, we will be right back after this short break, and we'll start talking with Matt Shea. So more of the Psychic Spectrum Radio to come. Have you heard about the Psychic Showcase? It's a weekly event that has some of the world's best-known speakers on almost every topic in the metaphysical. It's been going on every Wednesday evening at the same location for nine years. When you attend, you'll learn about psychic ability, ghosts, UFOs, angels, mediumship, astrology, ghost hunts, Sasquatch, 
and so much more. There's a complete panel of psychics, astrologers, healers, and other modalities. Everyone who attends gets a free psychometry reading from a member of the panel, and you can have a private reading before or after the program. Join Sharon and Skip every Wednesday evening at Five's Poodle Dog Restaurant for the Psychic Spectrum's Psychic Showcase. You'll find like-minded people who are interested in having fun, learning, and experiencing the premier psychic showcase in the Pacific Northwest. Admission is just $8 per person at the door, and dinner and desserts are available from the menu. You can find out more information about the Psychic Spectrum's events at PsychicSpectrum.com. On the path to good health and well-being? Alternative Talk 1150 is the station for you. Welcome back. The Psychic Spectrum Radio Show with Skip and Sharon. And today we have a special guest online with us here, and his name is Matt Shea. Matt is a local author who's written eight books. He's got the ninth one coming out soon, but he's working on 20. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Matt, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. We're having a little deja vu here. You two were fun the other day. Oh, that, yes. That we, was a good one. I love that. What, what Matt's referring to is he was our guest, special guest speaker for the uh, week on the Psychic Spectrum Speakers Bureau. Uh, that's a every Friday night event and you, where you get to talk with an author and hear, or not author, and somebody in the metaphysical, I should say. But in this case, it was Matt, who is an author. Mm -hmm. And we talked about his books. We also talked about his metaphysical experiences. We're going to do some of that today. So Matt, I want you to know, first of all, I better say this. Um, Matt's website is Matt Shea, S-H-E-A, M-A-T-T-S-H-E-A, books.net. Um, go there and read them. In our, in our spare time between all the events and the things that we do, we've been going there and looking at, here and there at little things and finding out more about your, your books. And I, the, the style that you write in, has been described as having a conversation almost with Andy Griffith <laughs> um, and like the Mayberry RFD type of a conversation that a person would have. Your books, your writings, your style, they're all very warming and very inviting to read. And that's what we found out about them. And was they're, that, they're easy to read. Oh, they're easy to read. And I they make it. so much sense. The color Mm -hmm. The colorful descriptions of the words that you use is what endeared me to your style of writing. And the more we've gotten to know you, the more I kind of want to check into them and find out some more things. So how did you start with writing in that style and start in writing also? I've got a very good answer for that. We started off with the very beginning of this show with a little shout out. And I'm at Bow Lake, and the neighbors all went into their trailers. Yes, that's what we live in. And so the Bow Lake community at CPAC, and this is Sally, Delight, and everyone else, you know who you are. They're listening to their neighbor, Matt, talk at the skip and surround, oh, which is cool. a neat thing. Oh, nice. Well, welcome. And, and also, you pointed out about how there is something about the magic of astrology, a retrograde, I believe you said. Mm -hmm. about how people unite with families and tie up loose ends. As we speak, my former wife who passed away a few years ago, her husband, the man after me, we've been coming great friends recently to the point where he's buying my home because I'm relocating. And so I'm getting to know him better, me, 
We swapped stories about Janine, who we were each married to. My daughter's in the middle. I just got the one child and everybody is happy. It's such a fun merry-go-round, only in America, melting pot fairy type thing. <laughs> but what yeah. you said and what's going on, that's what's going on in my world. Ah, okay, nice. Now you see everybody listening, you can just tell, most people will say, because I'm moving. Okay, I'm selling the house because I'm moving. Matt says with the colorful words, words how he said it, but he's relocating. That's right. And th I mean, that's the style that you find in the books. And that's what I thought was really cool. And that's also a positive. That's statement. right. It's not a ending. Tell us about your first book. What started you on that in, in writing in that? Well, I have written my entire life <clears throat> in early grade school. They debated if I was Asperger's, and I probably am. That was a big word back in the 60s because it was a theory, I believe, out of Australia. And if so, and I probably am, we struggle with common things. So we have to offset it by being honest because we can't shoot ourselves in the foot because we're already in a lower gear. But that means somewhere you're going to be kind of good at one or two things. But in my case, writing was simple. And a few times I had to sit down with teachers because I was accused of being a copycat, plagiarizing. It was my stuff. It was the other things in life like math and science where I needed a lot of help with. Going back to early childhood, first, second grade, I would watch shows like The Rat Patrol. Remember that oh, yeah. one? Those guys in the Jeep? Well, my mom was Catholic, and if we got caught watching it, we got in trouble. Yeah. But when she was gone, well, we're human. We're boys will be boys. <laughs> we're going to watch it. I always thought it would be so neat to go around the desert with friends just to see things. And then remember the old show, The Time Tunnel? Yes. Oh, yeah. The Time Tunnel, my siblings were watching Batman. That was the big show. It just came on. They had the mm -hmm. Batmobile, the cave. My dad yells at me, and Matthew, get in here. It was the time tunnel. Oh, I want to watch Batman. Look. And they were showing the Titanic. And he said, this really happened. And he got out the encyclopedia, and I watched it. And I was hook, line, and sinker ever since. So now we got Rat Patrol, Titanic. I'm taking little notes and mental notes. And the day came where I wrote a story called Vacation Earth on what this planet is going to be like hundreds of thousands of years from now, if it's still here, because you'll be able to drive through a desert and drive right up to that shipwreck. And so when I was a little boy back in the 60s, I just had an imagination that wouldn't stop, but I made notes one way or another or rehearsed it so many times I'd never forget it. So this is my entire childhood, all of my daydreaming, taking notes, and then when I meet people, they piece together. I have all these notes and I don't know what to do with it. When I have enough life, I realize which goes where, put them together and I got a story. Wow. Well, that's cool. That's cool. You know, that, that's a talent. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Normal, I don't mean normal, normal, but I mean, people in general just cannot do that. No. I, I have trouble doing that. And and so over time, you've written eight books and like you said, are working on nine, but have 20 in the works, probably. But <laughs> more like 50. And I'm being very honest with you. Oh, is that right? Wow. Oh, yes. Well, that is a prolific writer. But you know what bothers me on your website? It says you're a developing author. I think you've gone. You've developed. <laughs> and I think you're well, very good at it. Skip, I look at it this way. 
You remember in science when they cut that rowboat in half, but if the man keeps rowing, he will not sink. Right. That's kind of my plight. When I declare myself, or if anybody for that matter says they're a final product, you're done with, you can't be here anymore. Yeah. And so the further down I go, the more options I realized I had to explore. Now, I want to teach a little trade of a little trade secret. A buddy of mine, Chris Wilder, who is very famous with his writings, among many, many other things, radio shows, you name it. He taught me of a place called Guru, G-U-R-U. Guru.com is where they have a lot of editors. They have publishers. They have freelancers waiting for you. You get on that site and submit your scripts. And some people don't want to touch it. But others, hey, this is my cup of tea. I had a famous playwright named Douglas Johnson. And then I had another one by the name of, um, oh, come on. Carter, Don Carter, they're famous in their fields. When they saw my stuff, they practically offered for free to do it because they knew we would click just by looking at it. And when it comes to my simple writing, I played a dirty trick. I gave them each my story of the groundskeeper to see how they would rewrite it. One of them would use several lines to make a sentence, but I liked how Carter did it. He made them bite-sized pieces, like those little snicker bars. Uh The sentences were so short. And then he would take a paragraph and cut them in half or thirds. So now when you look at the page, you'll have a sentence by itself. You'll have a small paragraph consisting of maybe four short sentences. Mm -hmm. You'll have another one consisting of five. They're bite-sized all the way through like stepping stones. And a person, when you use big print and that, is more inclined to go that because of the blink of an eye, you've already read half the page, instead of this microfilm stuff where you go two-thirds down and that's your first paragraph. Mm -hmm. Well, that's no fun. You're back in your science class. So they taught me to have fun with it, how you just do little increments and follow the bouncing ball like they did in the cartoons. It's a Uh sing-along. So it made it very Fisher-Price simple for all. And none of this big word stuff. When you and I met each other, we were um, not doing the one-upsmanship. Because I know you two got quite a vocabulary. But you you spoke at Matt level. I understood what you were saying. We understood. That's what people really like. You're right. So if if they don't have to pull out a dictionary, you're making more friends than you realize. Good. That's true. You know, those are good tips for all of you listening out yeah. there that are uh, yeah. budding writers. Um, take that to heart because that's actually a good tip. And I, when we wrote our book, we tried to do that and we, we would break, break <clears throat> it down try, kind of step by step. So people understood it, but we tried to go with the basics, but anyhow, today I, I got I, I just appreciated him think I have, I, that I know big words, big words. Yes. <laughs> Big, big, bigly is a word too now. Bigly, bigly. Yes. bigly yeah. But right now we've got to stop and take a break. Ah, we got to pause. We are speaking with Matt Shea, who is an author. His website is mattsheabooks.net. It's S H E A, mattsheabooks.net. So go there and check it out while we're doing this break. Listen to the break. We got some message there for you. This is the Psychic Spectrum Radio Show, and we have Cindy on the line. We'll take her call when we come back from the break. So hang on, there's more to come. Is someone waiting to speak with you from the other side? 
Are you trying to reconnect with them? If so, you have that ability right now. The Psychic Spectrum's Talking to the Other Side presents evidential mediums Sharon and Skip Langang. On the first Saturday of each month, Skip and Sharon spend four full hours talking with those who have passed on. Everyone who attends gets a message from Sharon and Skip. They also tell you things that they psychically pick up about you, kind of like a psychic reading. Their messages are often based upon the energy that the audience brings with them. It assists Sharon and Skip in transmitting messages of love, memories, and thoughts, along with evidential details that you can recognize. And this helps prove that their existence and love for you never dies. You may come or go at any time during the event. The doors open at 5 p.m. and the program starts at 6 p.m. Admission is $30 per person at the door and dinner and desserts are available from the menu. You can find out more about the Psychic Spectrum's events at PsychicSpectrum.com. Bringing good vibes to the Puget Sound and the world. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to the Psychic Spectrum Radio with Skip and Sharon. One more time, our call-in numbers are 425-373-5527 or 888-298-5569. And we are talking with Matt Shay, uh, an author, a local author, and we're going to get into his metaphysical slash paranormal um, situation or experiences, I guess I could say is a better word, uh, as soon as we take these two calls we have online. So Cindy, can in, I, can oh, I just a second. Can I first what Matt's birthday is so can, I can see can, what his life path is? Can we have your birthday, Matt? July 25th, 1957. Our son is July 24th. That's funny. Well, my former wife's husband, who I'm dealing with, he's July 25th, 47. Oh, so we got a 10-year gap here. Yeah, that's true. Okay, let's do this. Take our first caller, Cindy in Puyallup. Hi, and welcome to the show. What can we do for you today? Hi, how are you guys? We're good. We're good. Good. Um, I've been getting what I think are some messages or attempted messages by way of my iPad in the middle of night, starting to play uh, music for me yeah. mm-hmm. without anybody touching it. Oh, yeah. My my cell phone has done the same thing where it will just arbitrarily play music. Mm-hmm. Let me, um, let me tell you one. It. Oh, let me tell you one thing about that. When people are on the other side, they try to connect with us all the time. And one of the easiest ways is through uh, energy. And you have to understand that your iPad is connected to energy. It works off of energy, Um, whether it's the electrical, the airwaves, whatever, it connects with energy. And just like water, the lights blinking on and off and that kind of thing, um, or getting dim and then getting bright. And so that is, pay attention to that because there's messages in there. Like you said, you've been getting messages. I want to know what they say. The whole thing you have to do is figure out how to cipher those messages. And that's your Uh, department. Well, we'll give it a shot, but what are they, are, are they saying something over and over or just turning the lights on or what? It's actually waking up the iPad and turning on songs, songs, different songs, right? Correct. Okay. Okay. Do the songs ever repeat themselves? Um, I've only heard it twice, and there were two different songs. Okay. Do you remember what the songs were? One of them was a Christmas song by Darius Rucker. 
<laughs> okay, then I want this is what you have to do with those two songs. You have to go find like go on the internet and find the words to those songs. There's a message in there that they're trying to get you to see or hear or feel. So it's like when you read the words, it's gonna pop right right out to you. Okay. So my biggest concern is my health. I mean I will do what you said, but I don't think Christmas has anything to do with my health. But no, it, it, it isn't about the theme of the Christmas. With my health? It's not about the theme of Christmas. It, apparently, there's words in there they want you to know. So it's the words you have to look at, not the melody or the, or the, or the theme, just what the words are trying to tell you. And, and, you know, in answer to your question, Cindy, when you talk about your health, I get that there's like three things, two of them are more prevalent than the other. And what you have to do is, is it's, it's not a matter of, okay, it's over and done. It's a matter of, it's like keeping your finger on the pulse of things and keep a watch on it. Keep working on it. Keep doing whatever your doctors say you're supposed to do. But I will say this, you have one doctor that's kind of like just a, Oh, here, here's a script. Take that. Or I don't know, but we'll watch it. Mm. You know, it's kind of like uh, some indifference there, I think. And I think maybe I'm not saying switch doctors, but I'm saying that you might want to pin the doctor down more with your questions and like you get the exact or definitive answers you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So okay. does that, does that help? That I don't helps. see anything def devastating or dropping down off the, face of the earth type thing um i just see that if you don't keep your finger on the pulse it's like then you've got some more things to deal with mm -hmm. one can lead to the other but i do see one thing that you're working on that pretty much clears up so it i won't say it's gone but it clears up um an example would be like a diabetic would get it under control or get it to where you don't have to take as much medicine as you normally did Okay. So does it does that help? That helps. Okay. Also, uh -huh. um, on, on that music, you know, keep writing down the songs, find and look at the time that that you recognize it. See if it's the same time every night. Okay. But definitely read the words. Oh, yeah. of, read the words of those songs and see what you get out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, read the words, and so. But Cindy, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to move to our next caller. Um, but I, I, I want you to call back again if you still have questions or if you give it a little time and ruminate over these things and then give us a call if you still need more info, okay? I will. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you for calling. We, we really appreciate it, okay? Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. And I want to say one thing real quick before we go to our next caller. The theme song for our show, Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World, it's, it's not the theme of it, even though we believe in, our, in the world, there is goodness, kindness all around us. We just need to bring it up more, amp it up, whatever you want to say, but, and live in it. But that song, Cindy, has the, so there's a section of words in there that Sharon will explain 
sometime when <laughs> the next show or when we have more time. It's got special meaning. Special meaning, just that one section of the song. So yeah. pay attention, like she said, to the words, because there are messages, there are signs everywhere yeah. around us. So real quick, let's go to Poe in Seattle. Again, we are talking with Matt Shea, but we'll get to him in just a moment and talk about his experiences in the paranormal and the metaphysical. So Poe in Seattle, welcome to the show. What can we do for you? I would like you to uh, tell me what you see for my near future. I'm thinking of leaving Seattle and going to either Wyoming, the Mountain, the Rockies, or going to uh, Oklahoma, or I have to get a vehicle. What's the potential in sight for that? And is a man named Leonard able to help me locate a vehicle? Like he said, um, I need some uh, insight into this situation, please. Leonard actually will help you find a vehicle or find the right vehicle, I should say. Um, it's just that um, I want you to be picky, okay? Because it's not just any vehicle, because there's something that you're going to do where you're going to go. And be honest with you, you said Wyoming. Wyoming would work, but I think you should also look at Colorado. Um, there's more there's more to me there's more in colorado that you can take advantage of for yourself okay um and i i honestly see in mid to late march where i think you're going to be gone and probably even be settled in in that place or at least have a place where you're going to move to and and know that it's like the right place for you it'll all come to you with feelings again uh, back with Cindy's call, there are signs. And I say follow those because I think you're getting, you're being led to the right place. Just follow the signs and pay attention. Does that help? Well, somewhat. Um, I haven't, I don't see any signs yet, but I, I'm meeting interesting people, kind of. Um, I have a big project that I've put on the web and um, it's had its rest, a few year rest period. And it mm -hmm. seems like maybe now it needs to get going again. And is there any insight into that situation as to what I, will I be able to do that in Colorado versus Wyoming? I don't see why you couldn't. But when you were talking about moving, what I felt was there's something still here that you have to finish up or get into a place where it could go with you. So I don't see you moving until you finish something. There's like something you have to finish. Can you talk louder, please? You don't see oh, me I'm moving sorry. to win? Somehow, somehow my, I'm not coming through right. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. I said it, when you were talking about moving, it felt like there was something still here that you have to finish up or be able to get done to a point where it can move with you because it feels like you won't move until this thing gets done. Is it my health? <laughs> No, I don't see your health uh, as a problem. I see that. I don't see the health as a problem, but it feels like there is something she's got to deal with. Yeah. It, um, not serious, but something she must take yeah. care of. Um, normal life yeah. things, I guess I could say. Yeah. But I, huh. I don't see your online um, thing that you're doing going full bore until after you move. So Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, I, I think kind of feel, but... My question was, will I be able to do it out of Colorado? Colorado would work. Um, or Wyoming, either one will work. But I think you would fare better in Colorado. Okay, okay. 
Yeah, and I, this I, thing I have to get finished, is that my living situation? You know, I can't say yes or no to that, but it feels to me like it's something more personal. More it, what? It's on a personal level. Personal? Yeah. It's, it's wow, either an imagine. idea, a feeling, um, a relationship. There's something you have to finish on a personal level before you feel free to move. But I will say this, Paul, one thing you need to do is you need to put your intentions out to the universe, to spirit and say, I want to move. Mm -hmm. OK, so what you do is pack a box, tape it up, label it where it's supposed to go, uh, like what room, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's putting your intentions out to the world that you want to move. Mm -hmm. OK, so I, then I do what with the box put you take any items you want, pack it into a box, tape it up and mark it with a felt pen saying this goes in the front room or this goes in the kitchen wherever and that tells the universe that i want to move okay oh, so i'm already boxed up so i put labels on those boxes huh there you go yes and make it okay you it, a lot of people box things up and don't do anything with it put it on there and say when i move i'm write this as you're writing it say this goes in the kitchen this goes in the bedroom and that way okay. you're putting it out there that you're moving okay Okay. All right. Thank you very much for your help. All right. Thank day, you huh? for calling in. <clears throat> Good luck on the bye move. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. We are back with Matt Shea. So Matt, let's get into this subject. Matt is an author, mattsheadbooks.net. And Matt, I want to know, after talking to you and getting to know you a little more, we have found that you are very experienced, I guess I should say, in the metaphysical. And so tell us about some of your, how you led into the metaphysical, how you became aware of things. At a very young age, and this was in the vicinity of kindergarten, my beautiful mom, she, I remember it was in front of our house. I was playing with the neighbor across the street and she walked across the street, looked at me and said how much she loved me. And she asked me if I knew about God. And I said, Mom, I know that God is always with me. I feel his presence and he watches over me. And she said, good, you have a relationship. She asked me about guardian angels. What are they? She said, nobody believes in them at first. But as you age, you cannot argue. They do things to guide you and protect you. They have an assignment. Well, as I've aged more and more, it finally clicked. What else could it be? Uh, we've all had things where we did something a little out of routine, and then we found out later that that's what saved our neck for that specific moment. And how in the world can you explain it? It's a form of intervention. So I look upward, that kind of intervention. That um, I mentioned this story once before, but years back when I was uh, living in West Seattle, I came home from work, and the last minute, just before I went up the steps to my house, out of control, I pivoted to the right 90 degrees, and my feet kept moving, and I guess I'm going to be walking around the side of the house, which I did. And when I did, my neighbor was back there, and I waved at him on the property line, so I went straight to his place and visited for a while. When I came back, my house was broken into and I could have been at the wrong place at the wrong time. And that could have changed everything for my world or ended it. Yeah. Wow. Something knew that something bad was coming. And uh, against my will, I didn't 
it wasn't my idea. I detoured my normal routine, and now I know why it happened. Yep. And I give I credit God for that one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> we get that all the time. You cannot explain it. It's just, it you just can't. happens. No, you yes. just say thank you. <laughs> it's something I have learned recently in regards to this phenomena of metaphysics and so forth, is that we're not in search of it. It finds us. It's a calling where we didn't make a mistake. And how did I end up here? You were predestined to be confronted with such at that point in time when it happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's a very valid point because until you're ready to listen or spirit or God, whatever you want to say, oops, we have the cavalry coming here. Let me turn that off. Um, <laughs> until you're ready to listen and God gets your attention, um, you're not going to. He's not going to be able to work with you or, or or help you or lead you through these things in your life. And you apparently were aware enough that you paid attention that that was a little message there for you that that experience. And so, I think that's actually a good thing. Well, that was also a free will choice he made. He could have fought it and said, no, I'm going in the house. That's right. That's so right. he decided to go with what was being given to him. I was always taught by my mom, and it's something you said at the beginning of the show about signs, reading the signs. Mm-hmm. My mother kept saying, there are signs, go with it. It is a spiritual warmth, a love. It's a current. It's what guides us and always follow, never dispute it. Yep. And so many times. Now, here's something kind of funny along those lines. My wonderful dad, he didn't give advice very often. When he did, it was profound. And one day, we are sitting around us, four boys, there are four of us boys. And he says, sons, if you're ever going to see a magic show, a magician, never sit up front because they're notorious for pulling people out of the audience. Well, I guess I'll take that one with me for life. You know, why are we told that? Many, many years later in college, we were at a magic show, and I, and I knew the guy was a headliner. We showed up early, and we got in the front seat, and the guy who was setting up the stage, his wife pointed me out, and he came up. He's talking to me. He's touching my hands. He's filling my arms. He eye contact, and he's a very warm person. He didn't realize it. But at that moment, my dad's voice played back about sitting up front. Yeah. And I kept an eye, and he inconspicuously marked the stage right where I was sitting. Mm-hmm. He walks away, and I realize I'm in the wrong foxhole. Yeah. Now, just before the show started, it was so packed, people were standing in the aisles. Wow. Okay, I don't do this often, but it was time for me to tell a lie. Just before it started, I found another big, friendly idiot, Matt-like, and I made up something that I just didn't like sitting. Oh, yeah, we'll take it. You know, they'll take the front seat versus the aisle way. So the show starts. The star gets out there, does an incredible Mick Jagger impersonation. He goes, and now let's have some fun. He walks to that mark on the stage, finds a big set of heads, and pulls out another friendly big stranger, He's shocked. He's been set up. Well, I was set up. And the whole show was dedicated to making an absolute fool out of this 
nice guy who just wanted to have an evening with his girlfriend. <laughs> and that was supposed to be me, dear old dad. And yeah. there was something about giving such absurd, profound advice, okay? And I was able to apply it over a decade later. Exactly. Yeah. Just how bang, something, something new. Because yeah. I didn't want to be the show. I wanted to be the audience. Yes. Pay attention yes. to those little oh, hits yeah. you get. Those yeah. Oh, yes. I, when I finally make it to the gates, while they're deciding I make it in or not, I got to find whoever called that shot and shake hands with them. <laughs> That's At least let one. me do that. That's a good one. Now, well, you know, how many times have you said, "I wish I'd listened to myself"? Oh, sure. That's Everybody. when we made the free will choice. Oh, that can't all be. All of us. You every know? one of us. Yeah, every, every one of us. Every one of us. Yeah. You know. Now I want to switch gears. Okay. I want to talk hmm. about what I call, even though you didn't actually experience it, you had a near-death experience. And I want you to tell our listeners the story about your near-death experience with the auto accident and then the follow-up accident that happened after that. So I'll let you go ahead and say that. When I was in high school, I had a break between morning classes and afternoon, and I just got a driver's license. And a buddy of mine had two cheap cars. I got his Vega. He got the old Mustang. A racing to hit a burger place called Hershey's. There was a Herpes and Rainier. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, remember oh, yeah. I remember those. And so he makes it through the light okay. I'm challenging. I made it through a green. I was approaching a green light. Way down, about a block away, I see an Oldsmobile, and the front end lifts up. The guy's going to try to make the light, and this just doesn't make sense. He doesn't have the time for it. To make a long story short, he was clocked at going 60 and hit me head on. And everything was slow motion, very slow motion. Mm -hmm. And then when the car came to a stop, it seemed to take forever. I got out. Well, my buddy in the Mustang, his face dropped. They said, you're being saved for something. You did not live through that. The insurance people who came by later inspected everything and saw that I never made it to the hospital. They assumed because there was no point. They didn't know uh -huh. I walked away. Uh -huh. Now, that was not a feat of strength. That was a point in time where it just played out the way it did. Right. My ex-wife, who I mentioned earlier, she had a bad car accident in high school, and I didn't know her yet. She was going to a different school. So one night when we're dating, I said, remember I told you about that high school accident back in the 70s? Well, that's the pole right there I wrapped around. Well, do you remember when I told you I went through that intersection with no brakes? She pointed directly across the street. That's the pole I wrapped around it. I could see the dent in it and everything. Wow. So we got matching poles in the same intersection. <laughs> yeah. And was there more to it? I don't know. And now, she survived hers too. Well, not as good as I did. She went to the hospital. Uh -huh. I was probably so messed up. I got everything new and got to walk out of the car. Maybe that was it. But here's something that got me. I get people who write me all the time because of my writings and the radio shows. And this one gal from Oklahoma was very interesting. We're becoming kind of verbal pen pals. We would text each other and talk. And then one day she told me she was involved with witchcraft. And I said, that scares me. That's out of my realm. I'll stay over here. I'll honor it by not challenging it. I know a lot about you, Matt. Go ahead. She started talking about a series of things. And then she said, somewhere in the mid-70s, you had a walk and you died. Were you in a car accident in high school? Yes. She said, you didn't make it. 
you had an old soul enter. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, that could be. If it did, I wasn't aware of it. But from that point forward, like there are times I was downtown Seattle and somebody a block down across the street would stop, their shoulders would roll. They would turn around and point right at me. They would cross the street, walk up to me, and they would say, you're one of them. You're one of them. You know, that type of thing. There was yeah. something about the radar. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not claiming if I did or did not die, but the accident certainly happened. Mm -hmm. And the people from your side of the fence had to educate me on things because I'm I'm coming along on this stuff. I'm entry right. level. Right. Yeah, interesting. And he's he's a fledgling. And <laughs> and walk-ins is what that's called. Walk-ins are definitely uh, a thing to consider. And I believe in walk-ins. Um, I've often heard that same term applied to me from the person sitting next to me here. But anyhow, uh, it definitely happens. Now let's let's talk real quick. Let's go into your experiences. Now I, I'll say this for our listeners, and and I think you know this. I'm not sure, but Sharon and I, for gosh, since 1998-99, we have taken groups of people on ghost hunts, at least two or three a year, and sometimes more. And sometimes we've taken them overnight ghost mm -hmm. hunts where we've stayed at the haunted place, mm -hmm. and so. You also, I know you have an interest in shipwrecks and you have an interest based on the experiences you've told us about how you have gone to uh, haunted hotels, haunted uh, places, whatever. Give us a little insight in that. Well, here's a classic example. I used to work at a hotel in South Center and I'm just right next to South Center at SeaTac. And what happened was female guests would come up to me whispering really loud. Do you know this place is haunted? Well, I would play dumb. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, it happened. They all had the same story that while they're walking the halls on the first floor, something would nudge them pretty good and it would startle them to throw them off balance. But it was not a violent blow and it was not an inappropriate touch. Uh -huh. But we would have female guests claim it happened here. It happened. It was always on the first floor. And then my friends who work there, the girls at the front desk and cleaning ladies, half of them have experienced it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm working in a hotel. To my knowledge, this hasn't happened to the male population. Maybe it has, and I wasn't aware of it. But I worked there a year and a half, and I was continuously hearing that, especially from people who came in late at night, checked in, and had to catch a flight in a few hours, people that didn't know anyone. It was a very common report in that hotel. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. But, yeah. But did, did you ever find out if something had happened on that first floor? Well, it's hard to say, but we the hotel life is like an all-night convenience store. You get all walks of life coming in at odd hours, and did somebody bring something with them, whatever. Right. The hotel is fairly new. I'm going to take a guess. I think it's, I'm guessing, I think it's about 20 years old. Not that old. Beautiful hotel. A lot of fun. Yeah. But I've had over five or six people pull me aside and give me the same story, just a different location on the same floor. Yeah. And, you know, 
don't don't lock your thoughts about that into the building. Mm, I was going to say it could it could come at the land. Yeah, sometimes it? it comes with the land that the yeah. building is built on. So we never really sometimes know the history, and sometimes we do. We find out afterwards, yeah. like like we have found out. Um, one, we got to take you on a ghost hunt with us when we get <laughs> to the the next ghost hunt. But I have to tell you that we we went to a feed and seed store down near centralia mm -hmm. and it's feed and seed store who would have thought but the building one end of it is a fabrication shop the other end is uh the feed and seed store and in between is this narrow little place two-story and it used to be a uh, a brothel i guess for yeah, nice words for the for the yeah. radio yes and, yeah. And it so, was a home, a private residence. It so a was hotel. a hotel and it was a medical center. Mm -hmm. And this place has a huge oh, history. A, yeah, it's been there forever. But we also found out, and this has been proven by the previous owner's wife, who was still alive, that the place came haunted when they built the, the buildings on it. And it stayed and got more haunted. So these kind of things have been proven. So it does come with the land. Yes. So. The Fred Meyer in Auburn has a tremendous amount of write-up. And we all know Gary Matz. On occasion, I'll do yes. a fun show on these things. So yes. this will be on the next one I do with them. Well, I went to the Fred Meyer and I asked one of the gals, and I got this radio voice of mine. Oh, are you on the radio? Well, guess, you know, I get to start talking to them. And I asked one of the gals, according to the internet, it's the shoe department and the storage room next to it. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, I read a lot and I do shows. And does this place have a little spiritual activity? Oh, you're talking about the shoe department. There are signs <laughs> that move it. Oh, just go there. So I go there and I talk to one of the gals work and she said, we have two of them. She said, even our surveillance camera has caught it. Yeah. We have an elder woman at night kind of rearranging displays. Mm -hmm. And then there's an old man who is upstairs in the attic that is a blood-curling scream type. But they say we also see Native American. I did more research. I went there three different times to talk to people. Well, across the street was the Pioneer Cemetery, which was a combination of pioneers, including Native American. Yep. And they said uh, it used to be here where the store is. The store yep. bought the property of the cemetery, so they moved the cemetery across the street, and right. now we have this going on. And I'll say it again, Native American spirits are one of the common reports. Oh, right. yeah. Right. Don't, don't you wonder, since they moved the cemetery in Kent for that Winco on yes. 212th, I yes. wonder if they've got... Because ah, people point. had to be moved we should, there. We should check you know? that yeah, out. Yeah, we should check that out. Yes. I just That just made me think of it. Um, you know, I real quick, I want to tell you a story. Um, Sharon and I way back must be like 40 years ago, 45 years ago. Oh, we were young. We, we bought a house. We had a house built. We were the second person in the development up on South Hill in Puyallup and really nice, really nice house. And anyhow, when they dug, they poured the foundation for our house and the they didn't have the floor, uh, upper floor on. So when it, in, in the middle of July, no rain in sight in the forecast, it rained that night and it pockmarked the floor. So they let, let it all cure. They poured another floor over it and it rained that night. This was like a week later. 
So then they decided, well, we got to pour another floor, another six inches of cement. So they poured the next six inches of cement and then they put the floor up and it rained that night, but it didn't, it didn't pockmark the floor. But in talking with, I was trying to fix the, put in the shower uh, drain in the basement. And I went to the builder and I said, look, we can't find it. We've done down six inches. What's, where's the drain at? It's not where you guys said. And he told us this story and he said, when we put when we dug the foundation for your house we found a skull and i said really and uh long story short i asked why didn't you say something about it and he said because they would have shut down the entire development but it was buried on they found out on an ancient puyallup tribe burial ground that's where the development was built that's yeah where the development was built and so we had that kind of the same experience it came with the land and it's it messed us so but anyhow, that's yeah. that's the story of it. And Matt, I wish we had more time. We're going to have to have you on Matt again. I want to ask Matt a question, though. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought about writing any books and including, you know, like ghosts and stuff? Yes, I have. That's one of my projects way out in left field. Predominantly, my stuff has the Andy Griffith Hallmark flavor, yeah. which I'm proud of. But mm-hmm. there's, a, oh, yeah. a tact, there's a tactful way to write about such things it's not abrasive oh, because yeah. it's amazing it's that it part of this world that people keep talking about they want I to see totally a little more agree. of it absolutely i think it would put it more i mean a lot has been done to bring it into the mainstream but i think those type of books would help even more yep. yes and to yep. have it tame because we're not here getting in cahoots with the wrong side of creation yeah. it's to expand where we are those boundaries that are acceptable. You're Mm -hmm. right. You're right. Okay. I always wondered that. Matt, we got to, we got to have you back and we'll talk more about your shipwrecks and some of your other experiences with this. This has been fun. I really like talking with you and we, as soon as as we're able with this COVID-19 gets released, Mm -hmm. um, we're going to, you know, get into meeting you at least in person dinner, and, and have a dinner and sit down and talk some more and ghost hunts. Yeah. We can't do anything. This COVID thing's gone. No, you know? that, that's find a good pizza place. Woo-hoo, yeah. There you yeah. Go. Ah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so today we've been talking with Matt Shea. He is a, like I said, a local author. He is in the Seattle Tacoma Puget Sound region with us. And his website is mattsheabooks.net. It's M-A-T-T-S-H-E-A books.net very informative fun reading and also and, it's got some free ones you can listen to some of it you yeah, know just you, just get used a, to his to his free his audio style. book on there yeah so check it out yeah i mean it, you get a lot of things off of his website go you to it. matt shea books matt again yes. i want to thank you uh for being with us and we will have you back on okay Oh, I love it. You two are fun. I'm I'm glad they haven't outlawed fun yet. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. They can't do that till I'm gone. That's right. (laughs) So listen, you guys, this is the Psychic Spectrum Radio Show, and we want to thank you for listening and join us on Saturday at 12 noon. We'll be live there. And uh, as our theme song says, what a wonderful world. Love you, Daddy.